Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Late last week, Russia's entire government quit. Big news out of Russia this morning with the entire government handing its resignation in. Bold changes put forward in the past few hours by President Vladimir Putin. Many see the proposal as Putin's attempt to undermine the power of his successor or to extend his presidency beyond its current term. Looking in from the outside, it seems like a protest after President Vladimir Putin announced a whole range of role changes in the government that would shift who holds the power. But is that really what's going on? We speak to Russian political experts to find out how these changes are more about President Putin's future as his final term as president draws to an end. In August 1999, three years after moving to Moscow to work as the Director of Federal Security Services under then-Russian President Boris Yeltsin, former KGB Foreign Intelligence Officer Vladimir Putin was named as his successor. 20 years later, and he's still in the top job, but he's had to work around the system to stay there. During Putin's first term as president, the Russian economy was booming, with eight straight years of growth, based on the 2000s commodities boom. This was where, after the 1980s and 90s depressions, the demand for things like food, oil, metals, chemicals and fuels was on the rise from emerging markets like China. Russia, which has an abundance of oil, natural gas and precious metals, cashed in. The effect was full support from the public for the man in charge at the time. Putin's leadership credentials looked good. When his first term came to an end, Putin moved into the prime minister's role under close ally Dmitry Medvedev as the new president. Just one term in, though, Putin announced he was throwing his hat in the ring to be president again. He won the 2012 election with 64% of the vote. Medvedev switched roles and became prime minister. Falling oil prices and sanctions placed on the country after they took back control of Crimea and their military action in Ukraine in 2014 saw their economy take a downward slide. But it bounced back in 2016 and Putin was re-elected for a six-year term in 2018 that will come to an end in 2024. During his time at the top, Putin's Russia has become less democratic. With the jailing of political opponents, the lack of free and fair elections, every bill introduced to criminalise domestic violence and combat crimes against women have been defeated. They've been accused of interfering in other countries' elections, including the US, where Russia is credited with helping Donald Trump win, a claim Putin has denied. But now, with his final term as president coming to an end in just four years' time, Putin has announced a major overhaul of the roles of the Russian government. Basically, he explains that he agrees the president should only hold two terms at a time, but that the lower house of their parliament should be given the power to appoint the prime minister and the rest of the cabinet, not just approve candidates, giving more power to the parliament and prime minister and less to the president. Just hours after this speech, the entire Russian government resigned. So was this a reaction to the announcement, or was this a carefully orchestrated move by Putin to set up his future post-presidency? 
Professor Thomas F. Remington from the Department of Political Science at Emory College of Arts and Sciences in Atlanta says President Putin would have been behind every move this government made. Well, it was all very carefully orchestrated. The government would not have submitted its resignation unless it had all been very carefully prearranged as part of a plan to accomplish a couple of goals. The constitutional changes that President Putin is proposing are rather minor. And in my view, they are intended to prepare the way for a new role for him after 2024. The resignation of the government and the appointing of a new prime minister who will in turn appoint a new government with Putin's blessing. I've been expecting this for quite a long time. Putin chose his timing. But there is a good deal of feeling among the elite and in the general public that the economy is decaying. People talk about economic growth of 1% or 2% per year. Really, the more important point is that the economy doesn't have any way of increasing its growth apart from hoping for higher oil prices and more government investment and real incomes have been sliding and the population is getting older. So there are a lot of strains in society and on the economy. The reshuffling of the government is a way of bringing fresh blood in and distracting attention from Putin's responsibility for the economy. So he's accomplishing a couple of things with one blow, I think. He's creating some minor institutional changes that will give him an advantageous role after he leaves the office of president. And he's providing new focus for public attention and policymaking leadership on social and economic issues. Can we talk about this new prime minister that he has brought in after um, Medvedev resigned? Is he in this position now because he's the best person for the job or because he's Putin-friendly? Well, of course he's Putin-friendly. That goes without saying. There are two schools of thought about this guy in the Russian media One is he's a technocrat. He doesn't have extensive experience or a big political following. He's not allied with any of the major political factions, and he is technically very competent. The other school of thought thinks he's sufficiently competent, and he's done quite a lot in the tax service. He may very well be a contender for a future prime minister. At the very least, it's very likely that Putin will give him a chance to see what he can do to make the government more effective in implementing policy. The government's been quite weak, I think, in getting policy implemented, and they've really not been able to turn around this long process of of what I think of as decay. If this new guy, Mishustin, is able to make a difference both with policy making and the carrying out of policy, and if it's able to make a difference in Uh, people's well-being and economic growth, then yeah, I think he would have a chance of being considered as a candidate for prime minister. We talked a moment ago about Putin creating a new role for himself post-2024, which is when his term as president comes up. I'm hearing a few different possibilities of where he'll be placing himself within the government when that time comes. What role do you see him taking up? Because there has been some suggestion maybe he'll make himself prime minister again. I have an intuition, but it's no more than that, you understand, that he wants a role for himself that's a little bit similar to the role that Deng Xiaoping played after he stepped down as the main leader in China, Lee Kuan Yew in Singapore. This is a role you would see more in Asian countries than in European countries of the respected elder of the family, the grandfather, as it were, who retires from 
the immediate duties of the head of the family, but is there as a point of reference and a wise consultant. A little bit like that, I think, is what Putin has in mind. I think one of the astute Russian commentators yesterday was saying, Putin has created really two observation platforms for himself. I like the phrase. He will be the head of the Security Council, which is where all of the security elements come together, military and security police and law enforcement. And that gives him oversight over the whole security side of the state. And he will continue to be the chair of the state council, which is a body that brings together all of the governors. So that represents all the regional establishments. And you'll remember that in his proposed constitutional amendments, he wants to bring the status of the state council into the constitution. Both the Security Council and the State Council are advisory bodies. But if he continues to be chair of both after he leaves office as president, he can keep an eye on things and remain relevant. He will be a source of consultation for people. Quite frankly, the interpretation that you sometimes hear that he wants to keep on running the country, I think actually that's a little misguided. Frankly, I think he's bored of running the country. And I think he would just as soon be a point of stability for the country and let other people have the day-to-day burdens of making the tough decisions, especially on the economy. I think he'd like to have overall responsibility for the main guidelines of security and foreign policy, relations with other countries and the like. But really, I think he's moving to shed the burden of day-to-day management of the government. Already, as of this year, 2020, we've begun to see a lot of speculation in Russia about, oh, what will happen with the succession? Will it be stable? And these points of constitutionally required succession, the end of a term for president, these have tended to be points of instability for a lot of the former Soviet countries. You get rivalries coming out into the open. It's already begun in Russia. So what Putin wants to do, I think, is to prevent this very damaging internecine warfare, especially among security agencies. I think he doesn't want to see you know, one security agency arresting members of the other and these naked open contests for power that uh, confuse and unsettle everyone. So he's telling people he's going to be around, he won't be president, but he's going to make sure that there continues to be uh, order in the state. While Professor Remington believes that Putin's taking this opportunity to slide into retirement, others think this is actually his way of remaining in power like Professor Robert English, expert on Russian politics at the University of Southern California. He might become prime minister. (laughs) Of course, he's been prime minister before, and I'm laughing because we've seen these switches between him and the current resigned prime minister, Medvedev, to keep Putin close to the reins of power, even when the constitution said he had to leave the post of president. So with Russia being the largest nation in the world and also one of its leading nuclear powers, should we in the West be worried about what's happening right now? The threat that Russia is posing in international affairs, I think, stems much less from its nuclear arsenal, which it had a very responsible and rational attitude about, but rather its role really as a spoiler. It certainly has done so with Britain and continental Europe and certainly with the United States. It's been trying to use the weapons of a weak power because nuclear powers don't really give you, nuclear weapons don't give you a whole lot of positive political power. So rather than 
exercising power through public councils, international councils, G8, or whatever it would be, Russia has tried to deny Western powers the opportunity to present a united consensus around free markets or political liberties. As we know, it's tried to subsidize extremist right-wing elements in continental Europe and in the United States. It certainly helped to back the Brexit campaign. So frankly, I think the role Russia is playing in international relations has a great deal of negative consequences, and I don't see that's going to change. But the threat of instability or turmoil as the succession looms in Russia, I think Putin's got a long way to prevent any destabilization. That's all from The Quickie today. For more episodes, head to mamamia.com.au forward slash The Quickie. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, with audio production by Ian Camilleri. And if you're as obsessed with The Crown as I am, you can join equally as infatuated fans, The Spills, Laura Brodnick and Rennie Beasley, as they break down season three, unpacking Olivia Colman taking over from Claire Foyer's Her Majesty, the historical grey areas and a little linguistic lesson too. Check out Mamma Mia Reviews in your favourite podcast app today. 